Hello. Most of you will remember the BBC series of comedy programmes called Dad's Army. It concerned a unit of the Home Guard that was based at Warmington-on-Sea on the south coast. And the platoon of the Home Guard there was commanded by Captain Mannering, who was the pompous bank manager of Swallows Bank. And he had one sergeant, Sergeant Wilson. He had one Lance Corporal called Corporal Jones. And another person who features in this story was Private Pike, who was a bank clerk in his bank. Now, in 1972, there's an episode in which Corporal Jones, who was local butcher, lost a lot of money. He was the person who would shout, don't panic, don't panic and don't panic and chase around like a demented wasp when something went wrong. In this particular episode, Jones had collected £500 from tradesmen in the town for a military charity. He didn't get, want to get mugged on his way from the shop to the bank, so he wrapped this money up in newspaper like a bunch of sausages and took it to the bank clerk and handed the packet over to the clerk, Pike. When Pike opened the newspaper, Inside, there was a pack of sausages, no money. Jones went into one of his characteristic panics. He searched his clothes, he searched his shop, he searched his home. No £500. Professor Google tells me that £500 in 1940 would equate to about £28,000 today. Jones faced ruin, he faced bankruptcy, and he faced shame. We will return to Warmington's on sea later in this talk. But today I want to talk to you about three aspects of the character of God. And the first aspect is this, that God is just, the justice of God. Maybe the earliest reference to this in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 18. Abraham was pleading with God not to destroy Sodom. Abraham's nephew Lot was in Sodom with his family and he was Abraham was arguing with God. There may be 50 righteous people there. Surely you won't destroy Sodom together with 50 righteous people, including my nephew Lot. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Abraham had this instinctive sense that this great God who had created all things was righteous, that he was just and fair. Moses described God in Deuteronomy chapter 32. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. In Psalm 11, the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. And in Revelation 15, Christians are singing to God. Great and marvellous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. God will always do what is just. God will always do what is right. God will always do what is fair because God is a just, right and fair God. You will never feel cheated by God. You will never say to God that's not fair. You will never feel God has been unjust because God cannot deny his own character. 
Thomas Jefferson was the first Secretary of State of the United States. He was the second Vice President of the United States and he was the third President of the United States. He said, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just. The justice of God means that God will always do what is right. Let's go back to Warmington-on-Sea. The bank manager, Captain Mannering, it was brought to his attention that Jones was in debt to the tune of £500. And he responded with justice. He was an old-fashioned bank manager. His job was to protect the bank. His job was to protect its shareholders. Jones was in debt. He would have to pay. If that meant selling his house and shop, going bankrupt, then he would have to face the consequences of his loss. George Mannering was perfectly within his rights. He would do what was right. He would protect the bank. He would treat Jones in a perfectly just manner. He refused to bail Jones out. He could have shown mercy to Jones. He could have let him off the debt, but he chose not to. Which brings us to the next aspect of God's character. Not only is God just, but God is also merciful. Mercy, it means compassion, it means kindness, it means forgiveness, it means letting someone off. At a simple level, it means just being nice. The prophet Micah said in chapter 7, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives transgression? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. In the prophet of Hosea, God said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. When King David had broken five of the Ten Commandments in one fell swoop, he turned to prayer and in Psalm 51, he said, Have mercy on me, O God according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. In other words, be kind to me, show me compassion, forgive me. God, let me off my sins. Lord, please be nice to me. You see, if justice is getting what you rightly deserve, mercy is not getting what you rightly deserve. Jesus taught a lot about mercy. Blessings on the merciful, he said. You will receive mercy yourselves. He told a parable about an unmerciful servant. A king forgave this servant who owed him millions of pounds. And this servant went away and refused to forgive his fellow servant who owed him a few hundred pounds. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan saw the wounded man lying there bleeding, battered and bruised, the victim of a street robbery, and he took pity on him. He poured in oil and wine. He showed him mercy or compassion. Jesus told another parable of a tax collector praying in the temple who prayed, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The New Testament letters often speak about the mercy of God. In Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. 
in Ephesians 2. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul said, even though I once was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy. In other words, I was just about as bad as you can get, but God let me off. James, in his letter, brings the idea of justice and mercy together. In chapter 2, he says, judgment or justice, justice without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You see, the only requirement for mercy is guilt. And sometimes you are guilty of disobedience to Jesus Christ, as am I. Sometimes we let Jesus down. Sometimes we don't love God with all our hearts. Sometimes we don't love our neighbours as ourselves. We certainly don't love our enemies as we should. Sometimes we don't forgive our family or our friends or our enemies. When we're in that state, we need to pray like David. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Or pray like the tax collector. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In other words, Lord, be kind to me. Show me compassion. Let me off my sins. Please be nice to me. Let's go back again to Warmington-on-Sea. Captain Manring, the stern bank manager, decided to act justly. He acted within his rights. He showed no mercy. But he could have. He could have shown mercy by writing off that debt. He could have forgiven Jones that debt. He could have transferred £500 into Jones's account. If he had done that, that would have been an act of mercy. He would have been kind. He would have been compassionate. He would have been showing love. But supposing he went even further than that. Just supposing that the bank manager, Captain Mannering, had journaled £1,000 into Jones's account. Suppose he wrote off the debt of £500 and then gave him £500 more. That would have been more than mercy. That would have been an act of grace. The character of God, justice and mercy and grace. If justice means getting what you deserve, mercy means not getting what you deserve. But grace is getting what you don't deserve. Justice is getting what you rightly deserve. Mercy is not getting what you rightly deserve. Grace is getting what rightly you don't deserve. So Justin Welby calls grace the most beautiful word in the English language. Grace is a bigger concept even than the love of God, because grace, by its definition, is for those who don't deserve love. Grace is the undeserved favour of God. Grace is God going beyond mercy and giving you blessing. Grace is God being nice to the nasty. 
the good Samaritan showed mercy when he healed that man's wounds. But when he paid for him to stay at the inn, he showed grace. He went a step further than mercy and showed grace to that man. Jesus told a story about a gangmaster. This gangmaster went out in the morning and rounded up migrant men to wash cars for the minimum wage. And some started work early in the day and some at coffee break and some started at midday and some started during the tea break in the afternoon. But at the end of the day, he rounded the men up and he gave them all a hundred pounds. It's known in your Gospels as the parable of the labourers in the vineyard. The man showed grace to all those people who had not worked a whole day, but he gave them what they didn't deserve, what they hadn't earned. John said of Jesus, we have seen his glory full of grace and truth. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Peter writes, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. Paul called the gospel the gospel of God's grace. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. We are justified freely by his grace. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And the writer of the book of Hebrews said, By the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for everyone. And then in chapter 4, that writer brings mercy and grace together at the throne of God when he says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mercy and grace are to be found at the throne of God. Now to the unbelieving world, the word, the word grace is quite a shallow word. It's sometimes used as a girl's name, Grace Kelly. You may recall her. Sometimes it's used as a description of beauty. People might say Darcy Bustle dances with beautiful grace. And for others, it's a prayer before a meal. Bart Simpson prayed a rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for this grub. Or another one, bless this bunch as they munch this lunch. A parachutist was flying at so many thousand feet and he went for a routine jump and he leapt out of the aircraft and pulled the ripcord and it failed and he knew he was hurtling to his death. And as he was about to die, he wanted to pray. He didn't know how to pray. He could only remember one prayer from school. The prayer that was used before meals. And so he prayed for what we are about to receive. May the Lord make me truly thankful. And he landed in a haystack and he lived. And later he said he'd been saved by grace alone. Our world sees no value in grace. Grace is in conflict with our culture. Our culture says people should get what they deserve. People should receive what they earn. People should be rewarded for their efforts or for the risk they take or for their contribution to society. But grace means your bad works are no hindrance to God and your good works are no help. Grace means God will be nice to you, even though you're nasty. 
because you have faith in Jesus. If you like mnemonics, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. Let me close with one more story, this time from the Old Testament and the prophet Hosea, who lived about 800 years before Jesus. God told Hosea who to marry. I don't know how you would feel about that. We've all asked God for guidance when getting married. But God instructed Hosea, go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. Her name was Goma. And clearly she had been around the block once or twice before she married Hosea. They married. And they had two children, a son and a daughter. But then she started going back to her bad old ways. The third child she had, Hosea named not my people. In other words, not mine. She left home and she had to make her living as a prostitute, probably as a shrine prostitute in the shrine of the Baal gods. And later God said to Hosea, go show your love to your wife again. And Hosea went and found her. He paid money to get her back because she was in slavery as a shrine prostitute, most likely. And Hosea reinstated her as his wife. If Hosea had stood on justice, he would have said, no way, she doesn't deserve a second chance. I'm not going to obey you, Lord. If Hosea had remained with mercy, he would have said, I'll find her, I'll pay money, I'll set her free, but there's no way she's coming back home after the way she has behaved. But Hosea showed grace. He said, I'll find her, I'll pay the money to set her free, and I will re-establish her as my wife. You see, grace is greater than mercy, Grace is greater than love. Grace is about the undeserved favour of God, which we can never earn. So today in this talk, we have considered three aspects of the character of God. His justice, his mercy and his grace. If God treated us with justice alone, we would get what we truly deserve and that is to be eternally shunned from God's presence. If God treated us with mercy alone, we would not get what we deserved. But because of Jesus Christ, God treats us with justice, mixed with mercy and topped with grace. He not only lets us off our sins, he's not only kind to us and forgiving towards us, but he gives us so much more. He gives us forgiveness for sins past, present and future. He gives us eternal life. He gives us a place in his kingdom, both now and in the future. He gives us the Holy Spirit who lives alongside us. He gives us adoption into God's family. It's worth also adding that justice, mercy and grace are known as characteristics of God 
which can be communicated to his children. In other words, Jesus was just and merciful and graceful. He was full of justice and mercy and grace. And if we are followers of Jesus, then our lives should be characterised by justice, mercy and grace too. No wonder we sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that wrote my name in life's eternal book. T'was grace that gave me to the Lamb who all my sorrows took. Saved by grace alone, this is all my plea. Jesus died for all mankind, and Jesus died for me. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.